the idea of grief. When you have been the one planning the escape, maybe you've been done for a year and you are just biding your time, squirreling away some money so you can safely leave, getting supports in place so you can leave. Guess what? At that same time, you are grieving the relationship. You have all this time to grieve. And if you are discarded, especially if you don't see it coming, because very often you don't see it coming, you did not get to do any of that anticipatory grief. And so your grief process starts right away. Welcome to the Rising Beyond podcast, where you can find hope and healing after a toxic or abusive relationship. I'm Sybil Cummin, a licensed professional counselor specializing in working with victims and survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, including the youngest witnesses. Over the past decade, I have been honored to witness victims move to survivors and then to thriving in their lives. If you feel alone in your healing process, are dealing with the onslaught of post-separation abuse, or just needing some validation that you are not crazy, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Rising Beyond podcast. I'm Sybil Cummin, the creator of the Rising Beyond podcast and the Rising Beyond community. And what I want to talk to you about today is the difference between the escape from an abusive partner and the discard from an abusive partner. So very often, the only thing talked about in the world of domestic violence is really focusing on escaping your abuser, right? That's the focus. That's where all the resources are, right? Shelter information, financial help, job resources, things like that are all around the escape. And that focus is really directed on finding safety when you have escaped or you've decided to escape. But that really leaves out a huge chunk of victims and survivors out there because many don't escape at all. They are actually discarded by their abusive partner. And it causes a lot of different problems than when someone has really focused on escaping. So if we look at a typical pattern of a narcissistic or abusive partner, there is this, you know, love bomb, and then they start to devalue you. And then usually there is some sort of discard. Now, in a lot of these situations, it may be the silent treatment, they may have an affair, they may leave for a couple days or a week or something like that. They may just start ignoring your children. Those are all ideas of discard. But often, the final, I guess, leaving or the the final separation is also due to being discarded. So it really changes a few things about your healing process if you are the one that was discarded. So why might a narcissistic or abusive partner discard you? Well, one is if they feel like they can no longer have the power and control over you that they want, this could be the reason for a discard. It could be, and very likely, that they have found some sort of supply elsewhere. So maybe they have someone else 
or maybe their new job or new friends or whomever it might be are the ones that are going to be completely stroking their ego. They don't really need you for that anymore. And since very often you are seen as an extension of them, you're not the separate human being, you are, right, hopefully the person that makes them look better in some way. Maybe they have found someone that is younger. Maybe they have found someone that seems more successful or, or more like a celebrity or whatever it might be. They decided that that person can give them what they need more than you. And so if they have another means of supply, they may discard you. It could be as a form of punishment. So if you went against something that they really wanted or you, there was some sort of narcissistic injury where maybe they felt humiliated or embarrassed in public, there might be a discard big enough to separate. And in a lot of these cases, they will try and hoover you back in when their other means of supply is gone or has dried up. They know, you know, I I know how to work with this person. I know how to get supply out of this person. That's what I'm going to do. And so what I wanted to talk about is when all the focus is on, oh, you escaped your abuser, that gives people this sense of self-worth, which yes, please, like, yes, if you have worked really hard and planned and knew that you had enough worth to leave, yes, that is a self-worth builder and you should honor that. But on the flip side, if you weren't the person that planned and escaped, then you don't have the same story and you will likely receive less social support. You will receive less actual tangible support because you didn't do the escape. So what I see is a difference in levels of shame, a difference in what grief looks like. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, gosh, hallelujah, I wish he would just leave, right? Discard me, please, because then it would be over. But guess what? It's not typically over because they may need you in the future. And that can look like post-separation abuse. That is a different way to hoover you back in. If they realize that, no, you're not going to be a part of the relationship anymore where they can control you that way, the way they will hoover you in is through post-separation abuse. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to touch on this because I feel like it's not touched on very often. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of places where I've heard a lot about it. So, looking at the different messages that were sent. So in all abusive relationships, you receive the message that you are not worth anything. You are a POS. You are a horrible parent. You're a horrible partner. You, you know, are never going to be good enough. And so you really work to try and be better. But there's this idea, if you've escaped, that you have taken on some ownership. But if you are discarded, what I have experienced with people who have been discarded is they really do not feel good enough. And there's a sense of embarrassment that they weren't the ones that that left, a sense of shame that they weren't the ones that left the relationship, that they didn't have enough worth to leave. 
And there's a lot of reasons why you didn't leave. We've talked about that a lot before in the podcast is if it were really easy to leave an abusive relationship, you would have done it, right? You would have done it. Often you have tried to leave in the past and you came back because it didn't feel like you could do it. Maybe it's financially related because you don't have the financial means to feel like you can survive on your own. Maybe the threats of harming your child or harming you or your family members, maybe the threats were big enough that you didn't leave. Maybe the consequences when you tried to leave were that great that you decided to come back and not leave, which that can add some shame on your plate too. And so the levels of shame that I have seen have looked a little bit different, have been a little bit deeper because there's this added piece to it. And then the idea of grief. There was a recent episode on grieving and the grief process after um, leaving an abusive relationship. And when you have been the one planning the escape, maybe you've been done for a year and you are just biding your time you know, squirreling away some money so you can safely leave, getting supports in place so you can leave. Guess what? At that same time, you are grieving the relationship. You're grieving the dream. You have all this time to grieve. And if you are discarded and you, especially if you don't see it coming, because very often you don't see it coming, you did not get to do any of that anticipatory grief. You didn't know you were going to need to start grieving. And maybe you've grieved other things within this relationship, but you had no idea this was coming. And so your grief process starts right away, right? There is this sense of shock and denial that this is happening. You may try to bargain with them and get them back, which then adds to that shame because why would I want this person back? They're horrible. They're horrible people that harm everybody around them. And so you have to battle, right? This this is what the grief process looks like. And you didn't get a chance to start on it early. And so I can see that adding some shame to your plate. And then there is this belief, this hope, this wishful thinking that there will not be, right? They left me. They filed for divorce. They left the house. They are having an affair. They're moving in with their new um, side piece. And so there's this hope and fingers crossed that they will just want this divorce over with. They will want everything to just move as quickly as possible. And yet, in most of these cases, you will be hoovered in to post-separation abuse if You have children with your ex-partner and they will use that to feed their ego, to give them that narcissistic supply, to feel powerful over you, to show their financial power over you, to see you struggling. It's gross, but all of those are also ways that their ego is stroked. Their supply is filled. And so sometimes these divorces take forever. And again, it seems crazy. You would think, hey, they filed for divorce. Shouldn't they want this to move along? Nope, because they might need your supply later. 
and this is the way they can do it. And so I bring this up because we have clients in my practice and members of the community and people that I've spoken to that have been discarded and then they feel kind of left out or invisible within the domestic violence space. They don't feel like they fit anywhere, especially if they have children with their abuser. So there's actually a decent amount of talk about this discard in younger relationships where there's been less commitment, where there aren't children. The discard is talked about more, but it's not talked about, you know, for women of a certain age that have children that have been with their partner for years and years and years and years and years. So what can you do? I think knowing, first of all, that you are not alone, that this does happen and it is less talked about. That might make you pissed off and angry and that's okay because it it sucks, right? That's not what people talk about, but that you are not alone and that not being the one to pull the trigger of filing for divorce or separating actually means very little. Your start is just a different place. And so I think, you know, really looking at the meaning that you are putting into kind of the language around it. What are you telling yourself? Is it helpful in any way, shape or form? Likely no, (laughs) right? If you're in that I'm not good enough space, then it is likely not helpful. Finding a circle of support who will not solely just say, well, good riddance. Aren't you glad to be rid of them? Because they're not understanding that grief process that's going to come with it. They may not understand that there is a trauma bond that has been conditioned so that it feels like you really can't leave. And you feel almost like having contact with your partner is your next fix. And again, this doesn't fit for everybody, but I really want you to focus on not beating yourself up, finding grace. The key is that you are now out of the relationship and you now get to heal because when you're still with them, you don't get to heal. When you're dealing with post-separation abuse, it makes it harder to heal, doable, but much harder. And so now that you are out, they gave you maybe the only gift they could have given you (laughs) is the discard in this moment. And it probably does not feel like the gift in that moment once right when it's happened or even, you know, within the year that it's happened. But now you get to start to heal and you get to figure out who you are again. You get to find out who your authentic self is again. And you can heal from the trauma that you've experienced. And so this is kind of a shorter episode, but it's been on my mind. It's been on my heart. And so I thought I'd just hop on here and kind of jabber on about it because it is different and you are not alone. And your trauma and the harm that you have experienced is not forgotten and it's not invisible. So if this is you. You're listening and you're like, yes, I was discarded. I didn't escape. And I feel weird talking about my escape or I feel weird talking about this discard when everyone else is talking about their escape at the support group at the local DV agency or whatever it might be, wherever you might be getting support. 
reach out to me. You're not alone. And there is support specifically for you. Thank you all so much for supporting the Rising Beyond podcast. I've received ridiculous amounts of of support and praise. We just won the Purple Ribbon Award by DomesticShelters.org when I am recording this. So thank you all so much. I couldn't do this without you. You all are my passion and the reason I'm here talking to a microphone in a box right now. It's for you all. So I hope you have a good rest of your day and we will catch you on the next episode of the Rising Beyond podcast. If you're healing from relationship abuse and are looking for support and sisterhood during this journey, I'd love to invite you to the Rising Beyond community where you will get expert guidance, connection with others going through similar experiences, and a safe place where you'll always feel seen, heard, and believed. To learn more and to join, go to www.risingbeyondpc.com. We'd love to be a part of your healing journey.